This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 272. In today's episode, I want to talk about leveling up your photography, and I'm going to cover some tips that'll help you do just that. Now, photography is a wonderful but complex thing, and many people are out there making a good living at it, and others struggle. Everyone has their own speed if you will, on how they learn and master something. Some people are able to learn visually so they can watch some good quality YouTube videos on on photography or a specific aspect of photography and master that aspect very quickly. Other people are more hands-on when it comes to learning something new so they can better learn and master photography by going out on their own and shooting and experimenting and hone their skills that way. They can teach themselves the exposure triangle and play around with changing their ISO, shutter speed, and aperture until they master this very important part of photography and then go out and make money with their photography. There are also the people that learn best with a combination of visual and hands-on, so they're able to attend a photography workshop, learn from someone who is already experienced in photography, These people can watch someone else do it and then go out with the workshop group and apply what they learned during the visual or classroom part of the workshop and pick photography up that way and then go back home and practice what they learned and hone their skills. All of these methods are great ways to learn and become more proficient in photography. And as you spend more time working on your photography, just like with anything else in life, you'll get better and better. You will learn over time how to work the exposure triangle and experiment with depth of field and how it affects your images. You will over time learn to use light to make your composition stronger, whether it's natural light shooting outside or as it streams in through a window or artificial lighting can come next, either using mono lights or continuous lights in your studio or a corner of your home. A person can then move the lights around, adjust the power output, and adjust their camera settings and see how it changes their images. Today, I want to talk about some fairly simple ways you can level up your photography. Now, these are tips that can help you get there quicker. Again, everyone learns at a different speed or rate, and that is fine. But these tips are tips that anyone can use to level up their photography and get to a point where you can make some money with it or just enjoy it as a hobby. So let's dive into this list right now. First up is your camera. Although your camera is an important part of your photography, it is only important to a certain extent. Too many people put all the emphasis on the camera and not enough on other gear that in many ways are far more important to your photography. When it comes to cameras, all you need is a decent DSLR or mirrorless camera. It doesn't need to be the top of the line model or the most expensive body on the market. 
Today, all cameras are very good at making quality images. So although the camera is somewhat important, there are other factors that are far more important. And we're going to cover that with number two. Glass. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while now, you know that I've told you before in past episodes that good glass or lenses are far more important to your photography than any camera body. You need good quality glass to get good quality images. What do I mean by good glass? Well, good glass are the lenses that have the wider apertures like f2.8 or f1.8, f1.4, or even f1.2. Now, the thing to keep in mind is the better quality glass is going to cost you more and also be larger and heavier than the lower quality glass like an f4 or an f5.6. But it will also give you better depth of field and perform far better in low light situations, such as shooting a wedding inside a church or a concert at an indoor venue. The wider that aperture is, the more light will get to your sensor and make it easier to get that better exposure. Good glass is not cheap, which is why it can be beneficial to look around for the best deal you can find. Shop at local pawn shops if you have them in your area, or camera shops, which are becoming more and more rare. Buy used lenses from a good company like KEH, MBP, B&H, or Adorama. Another way to save some money on good lenses is to buy an earlier version, such as a Mark I instead of the Mark II or Mark III. And to give you an example, let's say you need a 70 to 200 millimeter f2.8 and you shoot Canon. Well, the original version of the EF lens will be much cheaper than the second or third generation, which right now the third generation is the newest on that same lens. So it's going to cost the most. It's not that you can't get good images from version one of a specific lens. It's just that the manufacturer made some improvements, made some tweaks to the newer generations to make them perform even better. But you can still get amazing images with the first generation of a 2.8 lens. Slow down. Another great way to level up your photography is to slow down and take your time. Back in the days of film when I started, we also shot slower and took our time more as we had a limited number of shots per roll of film, and every shot cost us money. There was not only the cost of buying the film, but you also had the cost of developing that film into finished images. Today, with the majority of cameras being digital, people tend to just spray and pray which means putting their camera on continuous shooting and just holding down the shutter button until the buffer or the memory card is full, and then hope they have some keeper shots later when processing them on their computer. You need to take your time. Pretend that you're shooting film and that you have a limited number of shots at a time. Just because your photos are digital doesn't mean you need to fill the memory card every time you go out and shoot. Spend time thinking about your composition. Think of the story you're trying to tell with your camera. 
and then press the shutter button. Now, one of my favorite photography quotes by Ansel Adams is also on the homepage of my photography site, and that is, quote, the most important part of a camera is the 12 inches behind it. That means you. You are the 12 inches behind the camera. And your composition, your story, is the most important part of the camera and the total photography process. Good memory cards. Make sure you invest in good memory cards for your camera. And I cannot emphasize this one enough. So many times I will see posts in photography groups that I'm in where someone is having an issue with shooting and it's memory card related. They bought the wrong speed cards for what they're trying to shoot and their camera spends more time saving images already shot than it does being ready for the next image. Now, most memory cards are fairly good, but make certain you are buying the ones recommended for your camera. All camera makers will have a section on their website where they give you a list of recommended memory cards that they have tested extensively in their labs and in the field to give the best results. And they use this data to give you a list of their recommended recommendations on memory cards as far as brand of card and the speed of the card to get the most performance from your camera. Don't worry about buying the largest capacity memory cards. Instead, buying 32 or 64 gigabyte cards, which are fairly inexpensive, and you can buy more of them so you can have spares when you're out shooting. Few things are more of a drag on your photography than having a memory card fail in the field or not having a spare or getting out there to shoot and you forgot your memory card entirely. Get a small memory card holder online for a few dollars and put several cards in it and keep it in your camera bag at all times. That's extremely important so you don't run into those issues when you're out in the field. I'm going to take a break right here and then we'll be right back to continue this list of tips to help you with leveling up your photography. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. Okay, so continuing, I have three more items for you, and then we'll wrap up today's episode. Number five, have plenty of batteries. If you're going out in the field to shoot, make sure you take enough batteries to be able to keep shooting. Another huge drag when shooting out in the field is having your battery die and not having any spares. Now, a lot of people will say only buy the batteries made by your camera maker, which is sound advice, but those batteries are much more expensive. I can personally recommend Wasabi batteries as a third-party alternative, as well as Big Mike's. I have personally used both of these brands for years in both my Canon and Fujifilm cameras, and I've had fantastic results. 
Don't go for cheap, no-name brands, as you can run into issues and cause damage to your camera. But I can personally vouch for both Wasabi and Big Mike's with their batteries. You can often get two batteries and another charger for a fraction of what you'll pay for just one from your camera manufacturer. So that makes good sense for your wallet as well as your photography when you're out in the field. Now, there are some newer companies that also make third-party batteries, and I can't remember the names of all of them off the top of my head, but do a little research. You can do a web search and find out more on quality camera battery manufacturers. Trust me, you'll find lots of data on that. Number six, tripods. If you're shooting landscapes or long exposure photography, then another very important part of your kit will be a good quality tripod. Now, tripods come in steel, aluminum, and carbon fiber, and at one time, they were even made out of wood. A good tripod is one that is going to be sturdy out in the field when you have your camera mounted on it. Again, this is an area where, like lenses, you don't want to skimp on a cheap tripod, as they will let you down. But you also don't need to break the bank. You don't need a $1,000 Gitzo tripod to get the job done. You can get a good quality carbon fiber tripod for two to $600, depending on your budget. More importantly, make sure it is made of good carbon fiber as far as the rating is concerned. Is it a 4X or is it a 10X? The number here means how thick the carbon fiber is, how many layers is involved in the manufacturing process. And of course, the higher the number, the stronger the tripod. Now, I also recommend carbon fiber, as though, though aluminum is fairly strong, it's considerably heavier than carbon fiber. And if you're lugging it around out in the field all day or all weekend, your body will feel the difference, trust me. So I always recommend going with a good carbon fiber tripod. Again, shop around. I'll put a link in the show notes to the one that I use. It's fairly inexpensive. As a matter of fact, if I remember right, uh, my CanF Concepts tripod is a little bit under $200. And I think it's like $189 or something like that. But either way, I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. All right, the last item on the list is the tripod head. Now, this is equally important. It's as important as a good tripod is having a good tripod head. Now, many tripods do not come with a tripod head, so you might have to buy that separately. And you need to make certain that you get a good, strong, quality head unit. Make sure it's rated for a maximum payload weight that is greater than the combined weight of your camera body and your biggest, heaviest lens. The last thing you want to have happen in the field is you mount your camera and lens combo on your tripod, lock it down, and then the unit collapses under the weight and or your camera or lens gets damaged in the process. Stick with buying a quality tripod head from a name brand like Manfrotto or Benro, which Benro also makes tripods and monopods. And you should be good in the field if you buy one of these quality brands. Just make sure, like I said a moment ago, that it can handle the payload and then some. 
if my camera and heaviest lens weigh a combined 10 pounds, then I buy a tripod head that's rated for 22 pounds, then I know I have a good buffer as far as payload weight is concerned. Especially since I often shoot with my battery grips as well. And on my Fujifilm X-T4s, the battery grip allows for three batteries total. So make sure you factor in that weight as well. Again, you do not need the most expensive tripod head on the market, but make sure it has good quality controls that will lock the head down tight and prevent any falling or drifting when you're shooting. You'd be surprised how many cheap junk ball heads are on Amazon that will say they are rated for 20 pounds, but the control knobs do not lock down tight. So you'll get your camera all set up and then it falls forward or backwards or to one side because the knobs don't properly tighten down and lock the head in the position that you set it in. And you don't want that to happen either. And sometimes they'll fall slowly, so you may not realize at first that the, the head is starting to tilt until it falls completely. And again, you don't want that happening when you're out in the field. So make sure you get a good quality tripod head and you'll be much happier and you'll be getting better images when you're out in the field. So wrapping up, these are just a few of some of the most important tips to help you with your photography. And if you're just starting out or you're a photography student, then this episode should certainly help you level up your photography. Remember to check out the Land Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 272 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also, remember to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media. And hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And don't forget, my latest contest is still ongoing. You can find the link to enter the contest in the show notes for your chance to win a GoGroove camera backpack. So make sure you get your entries in so you don't miss out. All right, that is it for this episode. I will see you all again on Sunday.